guess it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey! What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye! I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Welcome to the Buddy Martin Show, live once again from Ocala, Florida, Studio 12. Hope you had a great weekend. We had a good one, uh, and uh, we have lots to talk about tonight. And let me get this up front right now. For those of you who have been waiting for me to make this announcement I've been telling you about, not so fast. It is going to happen. Looks like it's the reality is about to take place, but when... Well, we'll just have to see. Think legal. Think legal. All right? We have a few things. Nothing serious to do. And then we'll have an announcement that we're going to ask you to help us with. It's a noble project and one which I believe and Brendan believes and our whole team believes, no matter over the weekend, by the way, will be something that you will all benefit from and will be a part of. And you're hopefully going to love it. All right? That's all I can say for you folks. I'm not trying to tease you. I just can't legally say anything about it at this moment. But we'll be here. We're not going anywhere. And thanks to you, we'll keep the lights on. I had that graphic up earlier for all you folks who've been so generous to help us do this. And, I mean, it's like every other day someone's making a contribution. Well, we're all going to have a chance to step up soon, including moi. All my piggy banks and everything. I have a chance to do something and take a shot. So if you're with me on that, I'll be in touch with you. We'll see what happens. So it was a good weekend. Um, I want to talk recruiting tonight. I don't like to talk it all the time because it could eat you alive. We have people who talk about it well and who have even more coming. And we know it's a focus. But here's what I want to say about recruiting. And then we'll move on to our guest. Chris Doran coming in just a moment. He'll join us. There's a walk-on. Walk-on doesn't talk about recruiting. Uh, And then we'll have uh, Graham Hall, our um, Minister of Information. I forgot to text him. Graham, I'll be there about 1120. Uh, And then, of course, Franz Baird, the Iron Duke. But here's what I want to say. Yes, I know recruiting is the lifeblood of college football, without a doubt, and other college sports. Yes, I know how important it is. Well, sometimes we get way over the top, okay? Way over the top on it. And I want to say this to you. If you say, in, a, in the scheme of things, how important is recruiting? If you say it's the most important thing, I got news for you. It ain't on the scoreboard. They don't tee it up and say, okay, how many five stars you got? Okay, you win. That's not how it works. 
And sometimes I just wish we were a little bit more attentive to the details of things like we've been saying from day one, us quote-unquote sunshine pumpers, as they like to call us, that let's see what these kids can do when they get coaching. Did I not say to you, be patient. Felipe is not a lost cause. Give him a chance to be coached one year. You know, I can play the tapes if you want me to, but I'm just saying I like to see players develop. And I'd rather have, really, a three- or four-star developing and getting better than I would a five who never quite does it. And we've had a few. Now, don't don't get that wrong. I know five-stars are important. I just visited three of them last week. Out at, uh, as you, many of you know, out at uh, uh, the high school here in Ocala, Vanguard. And I'm going to follow that. And I've, and, I've, and I've made relationships with them, and we'll be talking to them. But just keep in mind, don't blow it out of perspective. It's not life and death because they did get or didn't get a four-star. And today, we were just talking about the whole Chris Steele thing last week. Guess what? Florida got another four-star. How does that make you feel about Dan Mullen? Y'all, you critics who keep saying, hey, the guy can't recruit. The guy can't recruit. Come on, man. Uh, that's an insult, really. Uh, it's an insult to me. I'm sure it's an insult to Mullen. So please put it in perspective, if you will. Try to deal with that. And one more word I say good evening to all you folks. Quentin, David Baldoff, Daniel Smith, C.J. Stafford, Paul Bell, Nat Blaylock, Patrick Francis. Dominic Thomas, Brian Snyder, Mike Mahertis, Brian Prentice, Stevie Young. How are you, Stevie? Ocala Zone. Alan Moore, Rebecca Dubeck, my daughter. Hello there, darling. How you doing? Good to hear from you. Uh, again, Lynn Tindall, my man. <laughs> you can't call me pops. My daughter can. Of course, Nat Blaylock and et cetera. So back tax, sorry. So look, I mean, here's the deal. This recruiting thing is going to go on forever, and it will change by the week, if not today. That's why I call it, for a special reason, the Gainesville Elevator. It goes up and it goes down, and sometimes it just sits there. So this recruiting thing is going to go up and it's going to go down. I like to judge them once they're on the field, not by the stars they get when they arrive. So let's give them a, give them a break, Okay. Give him a break. And one more thing before we call Chris Storm. Well, I better call Chris. I'll talk to him while I'm doing that. I better get in touch with Chris now because I'm running late. But I want to say, all you folks who are intent on calling us sunshine pumpers, let me tell you something, my friends. I've done my battle on the front lines with people. I've been a very unpopular person in the Gator Nation Kingdom time to time because of my position I took on things. And I had my stripes to show it. So just in case, hey, let's talk to the guy who's not a sunshine pupper. He's actually a guy who actually played for the Gators, bleeds orange and blue. But when he goes up to Charlotte, he takes off those colors and he calls it like it is. And it's not easy. Good evening to you, Chris Dorian. How are you, buddy? Good to be back with you, man. Yeah, it's been a while here now. I've been missing you, big boy. No doubt. A couple of weeks, and uh, thank you for the birthday wishes yesterday. Too. Yes. Very kind of you. Let me say it to you again. Happy birthday to you. <clears throat> thank you, man. Yeah, it's hard to believe. 46 years old, but it's uh, it's going by too quick you on know, here, man. I, I couldn't believe that when I was looked it up. I thought, really, the dudes can't be even 40 yet, can he? 
Of course, <laughs> whenever you're my age, everybody looks young, so I don't know. It, but, uh, yeah, in my, in my mind, I'm, I'm 21 still, but I look in the mirror and it tells a different story. So uh, I'm, I'm with you, brother. <laughs> well, the old body never stays the same, but hopefully the brain will work for a while. And you look in good shape to me, though, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hope you had a good birthday, good birthday party. So, uh, uh, Chris, I was just getting ready to launch into some people here, and I, I, I caught myself because I knew if I got up on the box, I'd never get to you. So I had to back myself off. Uh, I but, appreciate it. But, but, but one of the things is that uh, I'm a little tired of people constantly haranguing Mullen about being a bad recruiter. And, and I want to make sure people understand, I get it that people – that, that, that recruiting, recruiting is crucial to any program, okay? We get that, right? But they don't put the stars on the scoreboard. <clears throat> they don't say Florida, 15 five stars, Alabama, 18. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it has to be proven on the field. And I just think that sometimes we need to draw a breath. I get a little bit concerned that it's just over the top. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I would say, if anything... He's an excellent recruiter doing what he did at Mississippi State for nine years, mm-hmm. not having the luxury of being able to recruit the, the five-star type talent out there, having to pick and choose a little bit more uh, discernibly and, and, and identifying talent that fits into his schemes and then developing it. To me, that, that's what recruiting is all about. Anybody can pick up a magazine and see who some group that doesn't even you know, play, coach the, the game or play the game uh, rates rates players. So to mm-hmm. me, that that's really what recruiting is about: is, is finding the right guys, developing them, and, and looking to see how they can move on to the next level. And, and you go back and look recently, that that, that group of Mississippi State folks, what they have four four first round draft picks, I think, this past year. All four of those guys were were Dan Mullen recruits, if I'm if I'm correct, right? So yeah. to me, that that that's you know that that's the real sign of, of being able to recruit, and, and not necessarily. Not necessarily identifying, you know, getting other guys identified top talent. And you look at the last year, shoot, Florida was in the top ten last year, and you know, I know everybody's going to take away from that right now with Jalen Jones and Chris Steele transferring and Dewan Black not making it in. But they, they they put a pretty good run together and got some some great momentum, a mix of guys that were highly recruited and some other guys that I think you're going to find out are pretty good players that maybe were under the radar because of of uh, Dan Mullen's ability to identify them and get them committed early. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I get that fans want to get excited about it, and that's fine. I mean, you know, that's okay. But I get a little tired of, like, every day is another crisis because some four-star didn't come or went to Alabama or whatever. It's just going to happen. And I wish if I could wish anything about Gator fans or college football fans is to get a little touch of reality. In terms of you are – I know this is something you struggle with because you try to have balance in your job. And, of course, everybody thinks you're a Gator homer and you do want the Gators to win. Let's be honest. And uh, But the fact is that, you know, it isn't like we're out there with pom-poms every day and cheering on and saying, looking through the world of orange and blue glasses. In fact, I felt I felt like I had to defend myself because we have a certain group around here, not in this group, that likes to call us sunshine bumpers. And I know, I mean, look, I believe Florida was going to be a better team last year. I didn't do it to, to jack up the you know the the the, uh, the the praise from Mullen whatever I really believed that I've had coaches at Florida that I didn't believe in at all didn't like and they didn't like me and I've been through I've been through that mill I'm, you don't know what it's like until you're on the blunt end of that and so I resent someone calling me a sunshine pumper although 
if you want to get down to it, yeah, I would certainly prefer to watch a winning Gator team. And if it's a, it comes down to a tie, I'm going to pick the Gators every time in terms of who I would like to see win. But, but I've been on the front lines, Jack, and so I don't want to hear you know, your BS about sunshine pumpers. I'm sorry I had to say that. Yeah, it, you know what? It's funny because you know this, as long as you've done this, you can have two different fans of, of different programs hear the exact same comment and take it two different ways and get criticized for, for being a homer and at the same time not giving the, 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 home, the, the school you're homer for enough love. You know, I, I heard a lot of that last year that I was not being yeah. enough positive. Uh, you get it both ways. Water. They get you both yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah. So it is an interesting job that we have. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, well, again, we overreact to the vocal minority mm-hmm. and the people that really are more rational and understand and, and, and can even disagree without taking it personally are out there. It's unfortunate we just hear the, the small few that are, 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 are a little bit more uh, radical and, and vocal with their, uh, with their negative comments. You know, one more thing about recruiting, we'll get off the subject. And, but uh, see, Florida, of course, has now has uh, Joel Williams, a four-star out of Baton Rouge, a defensive back. Just last week, I thought maybe the, the world had ended because Chris Steele wasn't coming to Florida, uh, a four- or five-star defensive back. So up and down we go. I mean, it's, oh, it's great. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's terrible. And so <laughs> I'm saying to myself, this is like I call it the Gainesville Elevator. Because it's always going up or down somewhere with somebody. Uh, and while I understand the importance of recruiting, and I know fans want to follow it, give me a break, okay? That's all I'm saying. A little common sense here and there. Okay. No doubt. You, my friend, <clears throat> have got a little bit of more time before you have to get start getting serious about it. But what are some of the themes that you have picked up on? Now, we know the old Clemson, Alabama tired scenario that we're tired of hearing about there we you know we know the georgia stuff again the, the rivalry getting spiced up a little bit here and there um and now we're going to find out you know who what jimbo's going to do at texas a&m you get a chance to talk to these guys <clears throat> as you go in here it is may almost june you and i will be in the sec media days in july yeah. and what will we, we be talking about you know i actually think it's uh one of the big themes for me this year it's just how different the perception is of the LSU program in general and specifically at Orgeron. You know, what a difference 12 months makes. Last year, everybody was talking about Ed Orgeron being on the hot seat and not being qualified for that job and wondering where offensive production was going to come from after losing their running backs and wide receivers and everybody else. All of a sudden, Joe Burrow kind of falls in their lap from Ohio State, and the fortunes of that whole program kind of took a turn that's a team that I actually am really excited about next year. I think they got a chance to challenge uh, in the West. They've got to find a way to get over their Alabama problem, which is the same problem a lot of folks, but just about everybody outside of Clemson, I guess, would, would, would have an Alabama problem. Yeah. But uh, I really do think LSU's got a chance to be really good this year, especially with, uh, especially with Joe Burrow being on campus for a full year now and going through spring with them. Uh, that's a program that I'm kind of excited about. I think the other thing – um, that I'm excited about. I, I, you probably didn't hear Gus Malzahn on our show a couple weeks ago, but I, I asked him about you know how difficult it is to to you know be a guy that that made your name being an offensive play caller and then kind of handing those duties over and how excited he was about getting that back. And, and you know I referenced Coach Spurrier what it was like to to play for a guy who was the head coach but also the play caller. 
And, it, yeah, he, he, he actually he said Coach Berger calls him all the time telling him he needed to get his job back and, and start calling plays again. And so I think there's a renewed enthusiasm in his voice and in that program. And if you look back last season, that offensive line started coming together a little bit towards the end of the year. Uh, Booby Whitlow's, I think, a star in the, in the making. they got a, a great group of, of running backs, and I think it's just going to come – or, excuse me, a great group of wide receivers – I think it's just going to come down to how they're able to, to figure out which of these two quarterbacks is going to be the man and can they get production at that position. So I know I'm hitting on two SEC West programs there, but those are, those are two of the storylines that I've kind of been keeping my eye on a lot over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we tend to forget about schedules, too, because, I mean, they make a big difference, as you know. Did you, did you see the schedule? By the way, the, uh, I saw this just a few minutes ago before I came on with you. CBS, uh, CBSSports.com ranked the SEC strength of schedules. Uh, surprisingly, I would have thought Texas A&M was number one. They were actually number three. It was South Carolina that was at yeah, number one. I know they got a brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Florida at number nine and Alabama at 14, hmm. which is, uh, is interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I have to pull up uh, that story and look at it. But, no, I did not see that. I know South Carolina – could easily go six and five or whatever, you know, or seven and five, and, and maybe worse. They got their schedule's brutal, brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting too. We're talking about a brutal schedule for a team that's in the SEC East. Usually, we think about the West, you know, having to play yeah. that difficult schedule, yeah. and and then uh, you know the, the the crossover game, depending on who you draw there. But yeah, it's interesting to, to see uh, South Carolina be considered the most difficult schedule in the, in the conference this year. And Will, uh, he's got some work to do there. You know, he's got some work to do. And he, he's caught right in between. He's got to show some progress. Uh, you know, who, who's he going to beat? You know, who's he going to yeah. knock off? And, uh, and the SEC East is not necessarily a cup of tea, you know. It's got a little better. And so uh, you got to earn your way. You start with Georgia, Florida, on down the line. Granted, there's some teams down there with Tennessee and Vanderbilt, what have you. Uh, I understand that. So, yeah, that's a good point. Schedule is going to be a lot of that'll be what we're talking about for sure, in uh, up in in Birmingham. So, uh, and I'll tell you this, buddy, too, before we move on from this topic. But sure. I think I think Missouri is a team that you kind of got to keep your eye on as the dark horse in the East. I mean, Florida. Shoot, we talked about LSU having an Alabama hat problem. Mm-hmm. Florida has a Missouri problem, which is kind of yeah. ironic to think yeah. about. But uh, I think Missouri's got a chance to be really good with Kelly Bryant coming in and taking over for Drew Locke. They got a bunch of returning uh, experienced players on both sides of the ball, and they kind of got that chip on their shoulder too. After having gone through what they did with the NCAA, taking away their right to go to a bowl game at least for the time being, and I think they've they've created a little chemistry there in Como that I'm excited to kind of see how that plays out this season. Yeah, that's a good one. Also, uh, also, um, I, I think uh, what else I'm going to worry to see is the emergence or reemergence of the SEC. You know, the SEC-ACC story's been paired off. And, you know, certainly ACC's got the better of it at the top. But when you run down the list after you get about three teams in the ACC, unless somebody jumps up there that I don't know about, whether it's North Carolina State or whoever, I don't believe Mac Brown's going to be challenged for a national championship. Uh, Florida, I mean, uh, the SEC has got more good teams than the ACC does, but the team, the championship team, hey, it goes to the ACC right now. Boy, yeah, that, that's is that going to reverse itself? I mean, it's interesting because a couple of years ago, everybody was kind of saying the SEC was top heavy with uh, Alabama and everybody else, right. and, and there wasn't a whole lot of quality depth there. 
that narrative has definitely changed because I think you can look at the SEC as being the mo- not only the most talented at the top, but the deepest of all the Power Five conferences. But uh, the ACC, I mean, who, who's even going to tra- challenge Clemson this year? Nobody. Syracuse is probably their toughest opponent. Yeah. I mean, Syracuse has played them tough the last couple yeah. seasons. They, they, they've, they've had their number a little bit, and, and I know that's going to be – I think that's a week three primetime game on ABC, mm-hmm. which – uh, will be exciting with with Clemson returning back to the Carrier Dome. But outside of that, who else is going to challenge Clemson? Florida State's way down. We don't know where we're going to get. Not going to be uh, not, not going to be Louisville or Miami. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who it's going to be. It looks like a cakewalk. You know, we talk about Alabama's schedule being easy. It's still about ten times more difficult than what Clemson's going to be this year. Yeah, for sure. Um... I'm getting a director from my producer. I forgot to put your picture up here like I was supposed to. So, uh, yeah, Brenda's all over me about this. There's that number 28. Uh, there you go. That's a good, that's a, I finally found a good picture of you. I haven't found uh, any good pictures of you. I, this is one of you kind of sidestepping somebody and stiff arming somebody, carrying the ball. By the way, you, don't, you need all to right. have it tucked in, but you got to fl- flop it out there. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, final thoughts from you. Uh, what as we sit here today, how far apart are Georgia and Florida? Can that gap, or what do you want to call it, be closed? And do you think this is the year that could happen? I actually thought the gap was significant heading into last season. I mean, before the 2018 season kicked off, you know, Florida was just coming off a 4-7 and seven season. Georgia was coming off a national championship game appearance. The recruiting differential, you know, Kirby's putting up top number one recruiting classes loaded with five stars. Uh, Dan Mullen was coming in in his first year just kind of trying to put a, put a class together at the last minute. And then they got on the field in late October, and Florida took Georgia into the fourth quarter, a one-possession game, you know, midway through that quarter. And I think it actually did a lot for the Florida, not only the, 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 the players – on the field, not only did they believe, but I think the fan base understood at that point in time, Georgia's not running away with the East. They, they, they may be uh, a team right now that, that's you know, been in the SEC championship game the last couple of years, but it, it, it's not as big a gap, I think, as a lot of people were thinking. And then Florida uh, putting together a, a nice recruiting class this year that has some, some damage done to it of late, but still a nice recruiting class. I actually think that, that Dan Mullen has, has done a lot for closing that gap, not only on the field, but the mental side of it as well. And I think that's why you see him kind of taking those jabs. They remind me a lot of Coach Spurrier mm-hmm. taking jabs at Georgia and Tennessee and Florida State back in the day. I think he just likes to remind his players that they, Georgia's not anything special. They're not, they're not that much better than us. We, we played with those guys last year. If we play a little bit more cleanly, if we take advantage of some opportunities, we might win that football game. So I, I really think – it's going to be a, a, a big showdown in Jacksonville in late October this year. I'm excited oh, about that game and the storyline. Oh, I see a sunshine pumper, huh? Okay. A sunshine <laughs> pumper. <laughs> I said the same thing. I agree with you 100%. And I think if you look, go back and look at history again, reference back to your era with Steve Spurrier and the team that they played up out of Athens who had all these great players. They recruited like crazy and all this talent. You guys beat the socks off of them every year mm-hmm. and, and you owned them and they had all the fours and fives or whatever. And Spurrier would say, where are all those great players, Georgia recruit? You know, what about Ray Goo? <laughs> you know, 
So it can happen. Listen, thank you, my friend. Happy birthday yeah. to you. Thanks for being on the show. Let's talk again soon, and uh, we'll see you in, in Birmingham, but certainly before. Sounds good, buddy. I always enjoy it, man. Thanks thank for having you. me. Thank you very much. Chris Doring, the great Chris Doring. What a player he was. Uh, if you never saw any film on him, look him up, because uh, he, he made himself uh, an All-American receiver. He was the uh, he wasn't just a so-called possession receiver anyway. By the way, he did catch everything, but he also knew how to run a route and get separation. Something that sometimes the receivers have not been able to do quite as well. Let's hear from Dan Hightower. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you're entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. Fighting for Action and Victim Justice since 1976. It's been an interesting weekend. We'll get into some of that with Franz Beard in a little bit, talking about the softball team. A big win there. Gators, a remarkable sweep of Missouri. Um, coming back from that and uh, winning that, that series. Um, and then, of course, uh, other things going on. If you haven't, I've watched a lot of golf. I know a lot of you are not golf fans, but uh, what a performance. Uh, Put on by the champions. Remarkable. So let's see if we can get the uh, Minister of Information. We're late getting to him tonight. He may be he, – he has other people trying to get him on, so he might be on the air in New York or something. Oh, there he is. My man. How you doing? <laughs> I apologize to How you. How you doing? I'm doing it's good. It's okay. Anytime for you, my good. man. It's all good. If you just one, do one, second, one, one more thing, turn that thing sideways all the way yeah, around. Yeah, there we go. I'm having some trouble. There we go. There How you, you go. Doing? Looking good. Look How's at it you. going, everybody? Good. How are you? How are you, Gray? Good to yeah, talk yeah. to Yeah, yeah. I got it trimmed up and – was down in yeah. Tampa on Wednesday to see Dan Mullen, yes. so you know I had to look my sharpest to ask him those questions. Yes, and thanks for getting to us Wednesday night. We appreciate. Oh yeah, that my very pleasure. Much. I was. I hope I wasn't sounding a little too shaky, and I was, was going so, seventy in the Prius on the highway, and, and that's buddy, always and a, your buddy was sleeping. Fun time. Yes, <laughs> Zach was snoozing. He's he's got three kids, man. We gotta I go know. easy. I know. This is good. He's a good man. Good man. So, <laughs> so I, I just got a, I got my dander up a little bit earlier tonight. And, and on and I shouldn't, but I and I'm one to do is there's people who are just these these crazy recruitniks that just go all they live and breathe for. And I get that recruiting is important. You know, it's always going to be a big part of this, and even bigger in the future of things that we got planned, much bigger. And we get that. But do I have to have a daily scoreboard where okay, Florida's got two less five stars in Alabama what, every day? I don't I mean there's a place for that for if you want to go get it, but gosh, I get a little bit sick and tired of well the world's fallen gone to hell because uh, uh, a, a five star def defensive back from California uh, I'm not going to use his name anymore uh, <clears throat> is not coming to Florida, but then all of a sudden a four star by the way whose name I will use Joel Williams is coming to Florida and things are good again, you know what I mean? It's an emotional yeah. roller coaster, isn't it? Yeah, you know, all those people telling Dan Mullen to stay out of California, you know, I mean, they may have a point as long as he goes to Louisiana because four defensive backs out of yeah. uh, uh, the Louisiana area in the last, I think, three years, Brad Stewart, uh, several others. And, you know, they've missed on some for sure. 
guys like um, Fulton, Chris John Fulton, certainly a name that comes to mind uh, that Florida was in there in, in the final. Uh, probably a saving grace now when you look at how his first two years went, unfortunately. But uh, Mullen seems to have a thing for getting defensive backs out of Louisiana. And, and you look at Williams, Rivals has him rated a little bit higher than 24-7 sports does, and all these lists change at different times. And But Rivals has him as the number 10 defensive back in the 2020 class. And, and a few months ago, it looked like this would be a kid that LSU and Alabama were battling for. And, and then Alabama kind of cooled, and, and – that happens because they get, like you said, the full slate of five stars and whoever they really want. So some other kids were probably just more ready to commit before Williams was, but that made it so other SEC teams could get in the mix. And that was Tennessee, and and, and Pruitt thought that he had a shot at getting this kid. LSU still felt good about him because he's from their state, but Dan Mullen was able to get him on campus uh, back in March and then got him back on campus for the Gator grill out, and, and he made it official last night. I, I think they're overjoyed to have him. I've said before, you know, Buddy, Dan Mullen's not losing any sleep over over the guys that aren't on campus and the guys that aren't planning on coming back. Guys like Kair Elam, Chris Bogle, Lloyd Summerall, even Trent Whittemore, guys that just enrolled on campus and then getting these two 2020 commits in the last week have, have kind of eased, I think, some some any concerns that there were. And, and I've been, frankly, someone that was telling everyone not to panic until Florida lost some momentum on the 2020 recruiting trail because – even if you're not a recruiting aficionado or someone who follows it every single day, if you lose kids who are supposed to sign in less than a year, you have to find a contingency plan. And, and until that happens or comes together, there is some cause for concern. And, and Florida has already eased any of those concerns. People were wondering how they would uh, answer losing Chris Steele next year. Well, they just got Joel Williams ranked the number 10 defensive back by rivals, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. So. Now, update us. I, I don't even like to look at this. I know I saw a couple of polls that said Florida now has dropped to, has gone back up again to fifth. And, and they're from, I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Where, where are they? What does this do? Like, here's one story today. I forget where it came from. It gave us the number three overall recruiting class in the SEC by LSU Alabama, uh, so on, so on, so forth. Uh, where are they ranked now? Ninth? The 2020 class is up to fifth, buddy, and, and they were eighth heading into the weekend. Uh, getting Odom and, and getting Joel Williams uh, really went a long way towards moving them up three spots. It's still early, but but having 12 commits and being in the top five, as long as you stay at that current rate, get a few more four-stars. I think Florida has 12 four-stars combined committed between the 2020 and 2021 classes. If you keep going at that rate, a top 10 finish, if not a top five finish, is almost guaranteed. You noted two schools there, LSU and Alabama. Mm-hmm. That means Florida's ahead of Georgia. And if Dan Mullen can do that, which which is going to be a very difficult feat, let's be honest, but if he can finish even a spot below Georgia uh, or, or be right there in some rankings, that's certainly a win for Florida, even though fans are going to be wanting the Gators to be ahead. If they can be fourth in the SEC, which is something, you know, we're talking ahead of Auburn, which has historically pulled top ten classes in, in this last decade under Gus Malzahn, as long as they have some stability at coach. Uh, if, if Florida can get ahead of one of those schools, even finishing fifth is is no consolation prize. That's that's extremely good. But I think Florida is poised for a top 10 class, barring a loss of momentum, buddy. Where do you see the deficiencies? All that really matters is, is this year's class. There's time to change, fix what's broken. Uh, but... Where do you see the needs on this upcoming class now? Uh, the one they're going to be putting on the field. 
Uh, not sure. obviously they can't create anybody for this year, but I mean that would be twenty twenty. What are, what are they missing? I think they're still missing uh, an elite defensive end, and and you look look at who they've added. You look at who they've also lost, losing Malik Langham. I guess even losing Antonius Clayton. That's just losing depth and and asking more for those young guys and to play more minutes. And we've seen. Uh, Zachary Carter have a lot of potential that I would not be surprised if, if he was able to put up seven, eight sacks this season. If he were to get somewhere in that territory, that be that could be a guy who could seriously consider the league. Then they're losing, you know, Ankrum, Zaniga. That's going to be a lot of, and Slayton. Uh, a lot is going to be on that shoulders um, next season and on the defensive line. I think that they have to address this, especially the defensive tackle position. They only signed Jalen Humphreys last year, who kind of had some injury concerns, although he is healthy now. Uh, going to re- enroll pretty soon. Uh, I, I think that Florida has to go and sign at least two defensive tackles, if not if not four to five defensive linemen in this class. It's, it's just extremely important. Guys like Chris Bogle uh, may be in line to, to start next year if, if they have a, a promising campaign, and, and that's always a daunting task for a defensive end coming off just one spring because Gator fans can remember, look at some recent names, guys like you know, Caleb Brantley, um, John Bullard, those are guys that needed at least three years. And if, if in some cases, four before yeah. they were able to play consistently point. and not yeah. need to come out for, for a series. But good point. Yeah. Um, so and, and plus there are players. Someone just mentioned him that that we have not seen yet that we don't know could be a star in the making. And, and Copeland, Jacob Copeland, what if he's sure. everything that we're hearing that Billy Gonzalez thinks he might be? This suddenly takes a really fat class, I don't mean that body-wise, uh, of receivers and puts a stud right in the middle of that. Now it's the rest of it has to come together. That's the offensive line. Let's talk about the offensive line just for a minute. Uh, we went through this last week. Uh, there's not much experience, but there are two guys who have played a little ball on that offensive line. They're not completely bankrupt. they got a few players, and they got a big left tackle who's going to have to going to have to learn to play the position. And go up some of the against some of the best rush ends in America in the SEC. How much of a project has John Hevesy got, and how far, how long would it take to get that thing fixed? Well, I, I think that Florida is benefiting that the tackles in, in Stone Forsyth and John Delance have been on campus for for so long. Um, it all all both of them have been on campus for three years. That that those guys you know have the poise that it takes to to prepare. That's not going to be the question. Now, is the talent going to be up to snuff I, i'm going to say yes when it comes to stone um at left tackle uh replacing martez ivy i think that stone has what it takes john delance is an interesting question because you're losing a lot at right tackle i think that the right tackle position um is one that and and please don't you know destroy me for this but it, it, it's seen as a little bit easier to get maybe john hevesy would disagree with me um they were kind of counting on richard garage to be a little bit farther ahead than he is right now that, that is a little bit a situation to monitor because he was expected um, to be the backup right tackle, and, and he still has a lot of work to do. I'm going to say another name to keep an eye on. You know, you mentioned Brett Heggie and Nick Buchanan, two guys with a lot of starting experience that, that Florida surely needs to stay healthy. I, I'm expecting Chris Blake to have a good year, and, and, and that's someone who just had a good second spring and, and locking down the, that guard position. Uh, him and Heggie could end up being a very good guard duo for Florida, which is critical when it comes to running the football. I think I think that Michael P. Ryan really likes uh, what he's seen out of the guard play, not not so much the the overall offensive line, but when it comes to to Florida's play on the interior of the offensive line, I, I think that 
that it's getting a little bit better than than the tackles are right now, but still a work in progress uh, and one that next year is going to be in a much better place because you're talking eight guys that are going to pick up starting experience this year, buddy. Yeah. Let's switch sports real fast. Baseball team had a big rally. Yeah. In Columbia yeah. there. And I was, uh, I guess I was surprised. On the other hand, Sully's teams always play well in May, don't they? Yeah, they do. And, and you never can really count on pitching to, to come around uh, in May because guys are getting tired. And ironically enough, the guy that kind of saved the day has been dealing with some health issues for much of the year and, and a kind of weird one at that. Jack Leftwich has had a strange blister for, yeah. for more than two months now, uh, it seems. And, and when you're trying to consistently pitch in that, and, and he's a competitor who doesn't want to stop throwing the ball and as much as they've tried to wrap it and protect it. And, and we saw uh, back in, I think, March, he, he was he was starting a game and got up in the sixth inning and had to come out for it. And, well, that wasn't a concern on Saturday. Complete game, uh, giving Florida the sweep. And, and you, you saw who came on um, as well on, on, on Saturday. I'm going to butcher his name, Nick Nick. Pogue, I, I think I said that right, um, if, if he doesn't say it differently. But, you know, Kevin O'Sullivan has not been too impressed with his team over the last six weeks, but they have really fought here these last two weeks, and I'm expecting them tomorrow against Texas A&M at 10.30 in the morning, buddy, to, to come out prepared because Kevin O'Sullivan, if he knows one thing, and, he, and let's not get it twisted, he knows a lot of things, he knows that that first game, of the SEC tournament is so critical because if you win that first game, you set up a matchup with Georgia and you avoid uh, it's double elimination, but you avoid having to go to that loser's bracket and, and then really all bets are off. So if Florida tomorrow, I would expect Tommy Mace to come out and, and Florida to look some, to get some early runs on the board because they, they, they know that pitching may be an issue that comes into play and, and their bats can't afford to take a day off uh, if, they, if they hope to, keep this this run going and clinch a place in the NCAA tournament. I think they got to get, get two wins here, buddy. The Minister of Information, that's why we love him. He can go, he can, he can dish either side of the plate. He can he can hit for power. He can he can bunt. He can do it all right here on You're our show. You're too kind, my man. You're Pre- too kind. I'll You're, see you Friday. All right, all right, my friend. Talk to you. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Graham Hall. Always bring it. So, yeah, so um, Gosh, we're lucky to have guys like him. I really appreciate his his work and what he does. He puts the time in, too, by the way. Just so you young people out there, you want to find somebody to follow, uh, get to know about, you You go with someone like that who, who he, it works for him because he puts a lot of time in on it. He loves it, and we love him. So, all right, let me tell you real fast about, before we go to France, talk to uh, him about what he's got going on in the world of the Iron Duke. Let me tell you about our friends at a special place called Renstar Medical Research. It's, you heard me talk about it a lot here. I'd like to depart from script if I could, but on these, unfortunately, the legalities of these things are you have to kind of stick with it when you're dealing with things like the, the, like medical stuff. Well, I just want to say I appreciate so much the people over there, Joe Sorrentino, uh, Mary Brantley, two friends since high school in their business. They do in a highly professional manner. Uh, they did a wonderful job of looking for solutions to treat diseases in our community. And they also support what we do here and other things. And we do appreciate the fact that they have been such a big supporter of this show and of the Scott Brantley Trophy and all things like that in our community. But let me just make no mistake. They're also a first-rate medical research facility. Rand Star Medical Research, people don't want to talk about things like 
Alzheimer's disease or dementia because it's so scary and it feels like a death sentence, they're here to tell you this doesn't have to be the case. It's important to educate physicians, uh, caregivers, patients, everybody about these dreaded diseases that can be dealt with at least through now I'm I'm freelancing on words but to give you a comfort level that you can survive in life and get through it I'm not going to diminish it I'm not not a doctor I'm not going to start passing judgment but look we all know about it if you're over 55 years old you've heard about it and you're you're worried about it well they have a free a test over there uh, and if you want to go over there and get a memory evaluation, you could be eligible to be a part of a study. I suggest you call them today at 352-629-5800. Go online at 352. Excuse me, go online at www.redstar.net and look at their, their studies. See if it's one of those that you'd like to enroll in. Uh, and you can find out more information about treatment for Alzheimer's, psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraines, fibromyalgia, all those things right there at Renstar Medical Research. Renstar Medical Research, seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. So I wonder what the Iron Duke is doing today. Let's see if we can get a hold of him. And uh, hopefully his parents, Fran spends a lot of time taking care of his parents. God bless him. He's uh, He does a wonderful job with his mom and dad and stepdad, and they're getting up there in age and dealing with a lot of scary things, and Francis uh, is sort of the caregiver there. So uh, we uh, our prayers, thoughts, and prayers to France. We always love having Francis on because he's got stuff to talk about, and he will talk, which is what we love about him. He's got a few things. I'm sure he's got a few thoughts about recruiting, I know he's got some thoughts about the baseball team. He'll probably want to talk about the women's softball. He likes to talk about everything Gator. So uh, we're going to give him a chance to do that. We'll say good evening to our good friend up there in Gainesville. By the way, we're broadcasting here from Ocala, where we're in the uh, Studio 12. Sounds like friends might be tied up. Let's see here if he is or not. Okay. Okay, I think friends might be tied up. He might be tied up with something medical or whatever. We'll give him a minute and uh, see see if we can't get back to him later. Um, let me get back to something I was talking about earlier. <clears throat> and some of your comments, I'd like to hear from you on it. Uh, how do we dial down the rhetoric on things like recruiting and everything is a crisis management. Why can't we have just a little more patience uh, and, and and start thinking about something besides who might be on the field next year and talk about what's going to be on the field this year? You know, your mama taught you not to worry about tomorrow, you know. What's that old saying? Tomorrow is the day you're worried about yesterday, whatever it was. I mean, let's think about what's on the field this year. Because we don't know 100% yet what's going to happen this summer. The group going on the field right now, I have a question for you. How much better are they now than they were last year, the ones that returned? Is this team the same as last year? Is this team worse than last year? Or is this team a little bit better? And if they're a little bit better, I would say, how much better? Is this team 10% better than last year? 
And how do we quantify that? How do we say it? Because that means, okay, if they got 10 wins last year, then do the math. How many games they have to win this year to be that much better? So I think we're focusing on the wrong subjects when we just obsess about recruiting. As much as I believe, I know it's important. And I know facilities are important. I see several posts on there from Quentin Cruz, how they're starting uh, the football uh, deal, starting the locker rooms and so on and so forth. That's all good stuff. And they need to do that. And by the way, I, I'm for it. I think they got to have better facilities without question. And you know how, if you've been listening to this show, you know how I feel about it. But by the same token, let's get back to the subject at hand. Isn't the idea to win games? Isn't the idea to try to get better? Isn't the idea to develop better players? And earlier tonight I made a comment about the fact that I don't like being called a sunshine pumper. I don't worry about it. I don't lay awake nights thinking about it. But, I mean, as a journalist, I have put myself out there over the years. Um and sometimes to the detriment of myself and, uh, and, and others around me because I knew things to be different and the information I had was different than what they had. I have had, I hate, don't make me do this now, I have had the president of University of Florida many years ago in print call me a liar. Call me a liar, okay? And I knew I had the right evidence to prove him wrong because in my hand I had a letter from a powerful guy who had told me what was happening with an NCAA investigation and I was called a liar like I made it up. I've been in those situations where coaches didn't want to talk to me. I've never been roughed up or spit at or whatever but I've done my time in the trenches out there, All right, Now in my lifetime and I didn't, I make no bones about it I didn't care for much champ. I didn't like his style of coaching. I was I mean, I didn't go I didn't openly criticize him every day because I wasn't covering the team all the time. But Muschamp was not the kind of guy I thought was going to be the head coach. After one year, I kind of figured him out. And then Michael Wayne, I gotta admit, there were times I thought, well, maybe the guy's good, give him a chance. And then about seven or eight games into his first year, I began to doubt it. But then again, I thought, well, he got to the SEC championship game. And then the next year, I thought, I've been wrong about this guy. He's not the guy. The guy people love to hate, Urban Meyer, three games into his first season there, and I wish I had the tape on Brady Ackerman's show. I used to do a morning show with Brady, who's now at Jackson State. I said, Urban Meyer is the right guy for this job. Urban Meyer, I'm all in on Urban Meyer. And Brady left at me. He laughed at me. Okay, well, that's it sounded crazy. I grant it. I just saw something in him I thought was what this team – and I doubted his offense, by the way. That offense he ran spread in the Mountain West. I thought, mm, well, we'll worry about this later. But And, and then I got to tell you, uh, obviously I proved to be right on that one. So not it's not about whether I was right or wrong. It's just when you try to call him like you see him, whether you criticize or whether you – Congratulate or whether you support, whatever. I'm happy with Dan Mullen. I was happy with Dan Mullen from day one. And I felt like he could be the guy, but I didn't think he'd win 10 games. I didn't. I thought 
Well, at the end of the year, I said, well, maybe he went 10. I've had him now for for eight, if he had a decent year, and maybe nine. But he was better than everybody. He was better than, than everybody thought. So, so now where are we? Have we learned anything? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to post a couple of comments here. Thank you for the comments, Alan. Um, yeah, I'm seeing 12 and 0, 11 and 1. I mean, it might be stretching a little bit, David. Let's, let's not go there. But you know what? You're entitled. Maybe you'll be right. It's okay. There are some holes in this team, including the offensive line. There are going to be injuries. The schedule is not going to be really easy. Georgia's a tough team to beat, you know. But it could get better. Now, other people are taking like Quentin Cruz has a comment talking about developing talent, which I like. I'm going to put it on the screen. He says, uh, we have to win and develop a talent. We bring in. We want to get back to that championship game level. Starts with coaching and development. I think Dan Mullen and the staff proved they can do that in 2018, continue and build in 2000. You're right. They proved that. That's a good point, Quinn. That's the point. They All I wanted to see was someone develop talent, which is why I said, let's give Felipe a chance to see what he can do and see if he has some coaching, if he can be better. I think we can conclude that that happened. And so let's see what else they can do as coaches. This team could go to, I'm not going to say they can't, but I doubt they'll be a championship team this year. I don't think, you know, it's, it's a tough go. Even if they get to the SEC championship game, they had a full load there with Alabama and whoever. I do think it would be Alabama. So, but let's not rule anything out. That's the thing. Let's not rule anything out, all right? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And again, I go back to being called a sunshine pumper. If I'm a little optimistic for a change, you want to call me a sunshine pumper? You people over there, not other thing that you do? Have at it. I can take it, okay? I've been called worse by a lot of people. So um, so uh, let's... Uh, I think we're going to have to call it a night with Francis. He's not available tonight. I think he may have issues at home, and we'll have to wait and see. So we'll talk a little later on to friends. Uh, a few minutes ago, uh, let me get some of your comments posted here. Thank you tonight for checking in. Appreciate that. I don't know whether Brendan Martin's out there tonight or not and wants to give me a call. We can check in on a few things. But uh, here, um, here's a few comments. Uh, Dan, uh, uh, let's see. Quentin had that comment to make. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, Derek McKinney says, uh, only our, our only concern should be the offensive line right now, but our team as a whole should be better. I'm happy with Mullen, but Spurrier is my all-time favorite. Well, I think you speak for a lot of us there. I think, you, I think Spurrier is a lot of us is favorite. Um, Steve Young wants to get back to the issue of being obsessed with recruiting. How how many times do you go online and check this check the latest? I couldn't even find it. I didn't know where to find it. Check the latest status of Florida's recruiting class. I maybe see it once a month, twice a month, uh, and I don't you know. But I do pay attention to it. And Steve says I agree. The obsession over the recruiting deal is a waste of time. Saban said he doesn't worry about stars because when he picks them and they become four stars and five stars. Right. It's true. He's right about that. He makes them four and five stars. It comes down to coaching and winning. Let Mullen coach, and when he gets his players in three more years, his coaching will be will show through. Well, we will see, won't we? We will see, won't we? Anders P. 
Pedro says 10 wins again, it would be a really good year. And here's the other thing. Let's be real. They could have just as good a team, maybe slightly better, and only have nine wins. Could happen. Things happen. It's not a mail. You don't mail it in. You got to play the games. So uh, there's that. Um, Billy Alford. I don't. Billy. I don't think I know you had pleasure, but let's just put your comment on the screen and we'll discuss it. You folks can feel free to comment. Pro or kind on this says I no longer struggle with all the recruiting kids we get away. at silly sister, uh, who we don't. I try and rely on our coaches to do their jobs to get a quality kids, a student athletes at UF. When those guys sign on the dotted line, then they have my full attention in the family. And not a lot of people feel that way. You know, uh, who else is? Uh, Mick Hubert talks about it. He just, you know, he never worries about till they get on the field. Let's see what they look like then, because coaching is so much of it. Yes, you need the studs to win. You need. Um, yeah, Fletch. Hello, Fletch. How you doing tonight? Good to hear from you. Fletch has a terrific uh, page that she runs. If you haven't checked her out, um, she she tells it like it is. We will see you in Atlanta. Yes, we're going to be there for the uh, for the SEC media days and uh, planning on uh, may have a uh, an announcement or two before then. Fletch, good to hear from you. So let's see. Let's go to the line and see. This is not Franz Beard. I know this looks like somebody you might know out there. That would be the crown prince himself. Hello, Brendan. What's going on? Just uh, you know, wrapping up, uh, getting the kids to bed tonight. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm late uh, late late daddy tonight. You're late, uh, man. My wife. Huh? Yeah, wife's getting home from uh, from uh, from work here shortly. From driving home from stands in the rain. Oh, is it raining? So I heard. Why it's pouring right out there? I don't know. I'm hearing this cubicle. I don't know what's going on. Oh, where Studio Twelve? Yep. All wrapped up in here, so I don't know what's happened. I'm glad you told me. Uh, we're, we're, we've lost friends. I don't know. He, we couldn't reach him. I don't know if his parents. Hope his parents aren't sick. But say good evening to your fans out there in Nat Blaylock's Hello, Crown Prince. And we just had a good nice- evening, fans out there. I'm, I have no fans. Look here's here you go. Here's the live action shot. Yeah, of raining. There you go. Here in Florida. Yeah. There you go. It's huh. uh, that time of year. We've already got one of those names. There you go. There's that classic. Got yeah. one of those name storms out there. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, get your get your generators fired up. It's going to be a rough one. Tornadoes all over the place. Stella Martin, what's up? She's out of school. Say hi, Stella. What's up, Stella? Hi. Let me see that hat, Stella. Stella got a new hat today. Let me see the hat. Let me see your hat. Stella got a new, I gave her a, a new hat today. Some of you are going to hate me, but there it is. Yeah. Oh, there uh-huh. we go. All right. That's one one of Poppy's old teams he used to cover. And his dad, her dad used to go to those games too. So, all right, Stella. You have a good time, honey. Love you. All right. So, uh, we're had a good night tonight talking about recruiting four stars. Okay. And then uh, Lintendo says, we're begging for rain here. Send some up, Brendan Martin. Um, Well, all right. Setting it up to you. There you go. Hey, here's your buddy Fletch. Fletch. Fletch says, Fletch has got a comment Fletch to make. Fletch was having a party tonight. She was having a party. Yeah. Early. It says yeah, every, every having... three or four star we offer is offered by the other top programs. Take stars out of the equation. That's what she says. And Fletch says, hi, Stella. Well, uh, you know, what you were just talking about, Nick Saban always says, I mean, you take a four star and develop into a five star, 
you got, you know, you got yourself somebody who's, you know, pretty committed to you as well. I mean, I think that's the other point you got to make is, is that, you know, you bring a five star in, sometimes they've already got that attitude and want to just get to the NFL. <clears throat> they kind of bide their time, wait for their third year and go. Where sometimes you get somebody that's a little hungry and they're willing to, you know, willing to go after a little bit more. You get them a three and a half, almost four star, you develop them a little bit. Um, I think you get yourself a little bit better of an athlete sometimes. So, a la Chris Steele, who decided to play for the Oregon Ducks. Well, are you, uh, I don't use his name anymore, by the way. Uh, um, oh, he's like, we don't speak of him anymore. Well, I don't. Wait, see what? Him. I don't, already well, got another. I mean, you know, another one recruited in the house anyway. So what's the matter? So uh, it's not that I'm being vin- have a vendetta. I'm just saying, well, I need to talk about him. I don't, right? Is this true? No, you were you were a five star. No, so I mean, California kid. You know, I mean, whatever. I'm done. I don't want to talk about. It. I had yeah. so much so much time talking about him. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and also she brings up Fletch. Look how many Mississippi State players were drafted in the first round. I think Mullen can take some of the credit for that, for sure. So tell folks about 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 Fletch's page. You're familiar with her. You're a member. Why are you? You always call them like their pages, like their websites. She well, just whatever has a page. you talk about, a page. She has a we got a Gator page. That's She's got talking. a page. They talk about Gator sports. Yeah. Mostly recruiting and a lot of football. Yeah. And she handles her business. She's got a lot of people in there. She, you know, it's a little more raucous than in the GNK, probably. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we we you're, look. You're there's, a place. Of, there's, there's a lot of admins out there. We kind of all, you know, we all uh, try to look out for each other, anyways, because it's not easy uh, running groups and pages and all that stuff. There's a, you know, you start you start thinking about some of the numbers where you have. You know, it's, it's four or five thousand people at some point looking or working in your group or a page, and you know you're getting hit. You know, IMs, personal messages, people complain about this, breaking up fights, you know, everything else. So uh, it's nice to relate to somebody who goes through that stuff. So, Speaking else? of which, we hey, had we got a couple of shots hey. taken at us, by the way. You know, uh, we, I don't need to get and give them any credit for it, but uh, uh, we're called sunshine pumpers now by some people. Okay. Sunshine. Oh, is that we are? Uh, Who? We've been called labeled sunshine pumpers. So maybe we ought to have some t-shirts made. The sunshine. Okay. Would you like to join the sunshine pumpers? Let's call. Oh, we can't talk about who it is. No, I didn't know that. Well, pump this wherever yeah. you are. <laughs> pump it. Yeah. Pump it. For I don't sure. Care. I mean, good. Yeah. Go Gators. I'm wearing a Gator hat. Yeah. I live in Florida. Oh. Is this the uh, the crew that you know lives far away? Other I mean, places, on, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I live in Ocala, Florida. Fairly close to Gainesville, uh, by I, the way. I'm pretty close to Gainesville. My wife works in Gainesville, which is where she is right now. Mm-hmm. So I think we're pretty close. Uh, and um, yeah, so yeah, I wear Gator paraphernalia on a daily basis, and you know, sometimes talking Gator sports isn't pumping sunshine because it's kind of tough. So there you whatever, go. that's cool. We'll see what happens when, you know, the season breaks out and all that kind of stuff. For sure. Who's got the access? For sure, for sure. I mean, you're our buddy Martin, the godfather. Hmm, godfather. That's what I'm calling Kind of godfather. Well, uh, can a godfather be a sunshine pumper? I don't think you can be both those, can you? Come kiss the ring. (laughs) Come kiss the ring. Nat Blaylock (laughs) wants to know, what is a a sunshine pumper? Okay. 
And I guess, am I going to have to tell him or somebody else going to say, the mayor of Newbury wants to know, what is a sunshine pumper? Okay. Uh, and Quentin says, I love my sunshine. So, yeah, I'll pump that. That's when the expression goes when someone's trying to pump you up, pumping sunshine up your butt. Pumpers! You're pumping sunshine. Yeah. (laughs) Or I don't know. It could get really kind of weird. I mean, we could break this whole thing down, but I don't think it's that kind of show. Fletch says, we're going to pump sunshine all 2019, you haters. Well, you know what? In the end of the day, we might pump some sunshine, but we come with the information. And we come with the correct kind of conversation. I don't think that you're ever out there trying to say something didn't happen. It's not like you're trying to like you know, uh, uh, you know, put out ne- negative information or spin anything. I mean, we re- that when we don't claim to report or cover the beat or any of that, we just have information, and you have information, and we have dialogue, and we have a lot of you have a lot of guests and people that want to talk about things. I, I mean. If that's, you know, call that whatever you want. I mean, we could sit around and break down numbers all day long, and that'd be cool. But, I mean, that's pretty boring to me, and I suck at math. So I would much rather just hang around and pump sunshine and drink some beers and, you know, have a conversation that's somewhat responsible about being a fan, understanding we got recruits and everyone sitting on, our, you know, on social media and read our stuff and, you know, discuss – the things that we'd like to talk about was Gator sports. So I, I don't understand what it, what it means anymore to be a blogger or, uh, uh, you know, or, or a podcaster or a journalist for that matter. <laughs> and, and for that matter. And I don't have anything to prove personally or professionally, and you don't have anything to prove certainly personally or professionally. So I don't really care one way or another. I think when you have a little bit of resume to kind of, Point to what do you? I mean, who cares? Well, I don't want to make this about me, but I said earlier tonight, for people who call pumper. me a sunshine pumper, let me just show you the stripes on my back, where I have earned my I earned my stripes from people dealing with coaches. President calling me a liar and doing print. Coaches who want to run me out of town, etc. And I paid my dues in that line. I don't have to prove I'm tough. And by the way, I, I didn't I didn't care. For for Muschamp, and it was stated publicly, you know, whatever. So if I'm pumping sunshine, uh, because I'm happy with I'm happy the sun's out and things are looking good, and and, and our buddy uh, Lynn said uh, Lynn said uh, GNK isn't about doom and gloom. That's why we started this. And you, of course, know that whole story. Story. So there you go. Any final thoughts? What well, What do you mean doom and gloom? Yeah, of course not. I mean, of course not. I'm just popping some sunshine yeah, into my glass. I think that's the kind of sunshine we're talking about. David Arnoff said, he's, I am a sunshine pumper. Well, there you go. Maybe we ought to start a movement. Should we start a sunshine pumpers movement? I don't know. If, if Maybe we need a hashtag sunshine pumper movement and T-shirts that says, I'm a sunshine pumper. For, for a GNK or maybe or it could be, It's called Buddies. Buddy's pumpers. Buddy's sunshine pumpers. There you go. Be a buddy. Be be a buddy. Be a pumper. Yeah. Uh, be a sunshine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that I think that would work. That works. Okay. Um, Billy Alford says you're a wine pumper. Um, David Arno says I am a sunshine puffer. <laughs> Wait. I mean, I feel like we all have to kind of stand up and and take a moment here and be like. You know, we need some like Cannon and D 
Be like, hello, everybody. My name is Brendan Martin, and I am a sunshine pumper for the University of Florida. There you go. Yes, you have to declare yourself right there. You got to admit it. It's like going in. You AA. stand up and you say, "I too am a sunshine pumper for the University of Florida." Yeah. Let's get on yeah. that T-shirt. I'm Buddy Sunshine Pumpers. All right. By the way, just so I mean, you know, come on, be a pumper. I'm a pumper. You're a pumper. Wouldn't you like to be a pumper too? But I want you to also I mean, I know a, we can bring in the rain too if we have to. That's how much of a pumper is. I smash oranges <laughs> and I pump them into my glass with vodka. Oh my that's, gosh! That's oh sunshine right there. Oh my gosh! This is going to be so well. It's getting past our time. Uh, Kyle McGraw Long is saying good night. Um, and uh, David Bolo says, All hail the sunshine pumpers. Um, <laughs> and David David says, My name is David Arnoff, and I am a sunshine pumper. <laughs> this, everyone, I want everyone to stand up. I want everyone to stand up. <laughs> Take an oath. I want to take a picture. We need a candle. We need candles. Candles. Maybe my gas stove will do it. Here, we'll uh, just try that. It'll be more fun as we. I'm in the kitchen yeah. here. I don't know if you notice. Yeah. Uh, it's not enough light. Fletch, I need a candle. Fletch need says, a candle. good night, my fellow sunshine pumpers, he says. Good night, pumpers. <laughs> this is pretty good. I, I faked it pretty well here. I thought that was Yeah, nice. that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah right that's kind of how you declared the sovereign na Gator Nation kingdom when you declared it that night. Remember? I declare I that am, I am a sunshine pumper. Uh, Adam Newman says, put me in, Coach Sunshine Pumpers. Clinton Cruz, well, good night, GNK family, Sunshine Pumpers. How about Sunshine Pumpers forever? Hashtag Sunshine Pumpers forever. I'm liking I, it now. Well, I now, mean, hashtag, we got to, I mean, it's got to be like Gator, Sunshine, or how about hashtag pump this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, but hashtag I am a sunshine. I'm buddy. I'm I see buddy's punch sunshine pumpers. I don't know. We'll work on it. Buddy, buddy's pumper. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got it buddy's. going. Billy says sunshine pumpers of Florida unite. There you go. Yeah, Brendan. I'm going to unite myself into the bed tonight. I'm tired. I got to go do some work. Thank you for bailing me out at the end. And They're going to go get some, uh, pump some sunshine. And tell my little granddaughter I love her. She looks good. I know people will hate me for putting a Yankee hat on her, but hey, it's okay. She likes hey, it. I didn't put her on. I didn't put it on her. I only have gator gear. Say goodnight to Poppy. Good night, good night, Stella, Yankee. you cute little Yankee girl. <laughs> okay. Love you, baby. Stella, are you a sunshine pumper? Say, we're all sunshine pumpers. Good night, sunshine pumpers. Okay. All right. All right. Good night, Chief. A good night, Prince Pumper. See ya. All right. Here we go. We might have covered a moving right there. I got to do this, though, before I say good night. I do have to tell you about my friends at Grinders because it's a special place and they're special people. And I should have done it earlier, but I didn't. But I'm going to tell you now. Um, they're not sunshine pumpers. They do the real dealer with the Grinders, Grinders in downtown Ocala, dedicated to delivering the highest quality in men's clothing, and a customer services are a middle name. Uh, they they do clothes like this uh, and many others. I got some other outfits I'm going to put up the next couple of days. Uh, and they've got everything you need from dress shirts, suits, sportswear, jeans, casual wear, accessories. They have everything you need. And if you need a nice suit and a sport coat, they can fix you up. 
Go by and see, you know, Cala 405 East Service Springs Boulevard. Check out what I mean about the real deal and the customer service comes around. Uh, they have had relationships with clients generation after generation. There's a reason because they know they can get a quality product and they can get a, a great service to serve them. 405 East Service Springs Boulevard in Ocala. Go see for yourself why there is no other place like it. Grinders Clothing for Men, an Ocala tradition since 1962. And while I'm at it, don't forget, folks, if you're out and about, you want to get a bite to eat and go someplace special, be sure and go by and see our friends at Mark's. I won't put the food up tonight. I don't have the time, but this is say, check them out. Two locations to serve you. One in Ocala, one in Gainesville. Call for reservations. Gainesville, 352-336-0077. Ocala, 352-402-0097. Company Valet Parking. Most of all, they got unique dining experience there for you. Uh, There's the food that will soothe your palate and give you a unique dining experience. They serve the finest pizza, freshest seafood, premium wines, and nasty fresh vegetables. Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood, Ocala and Gainesville. All right. Thanks for watching tonight, folks. Appreciate that. We're back tomorrow night. Uh, We'll see what's happened to Franz. Hopefully he's okay and his parents are okay. And you have a good evening, folks. And we'll talk to you then.